How to Create a Glitch. Preview of the Complete Series, Part 2. This episode is a preview of the upcoming book, How to Create a Glitch in the Matrix, Part 2, Exegesis of Synthesis, available on Amazon in the next few weeks for pre-order and for sale in Kindle, hardcover and paperback. This preview includes the preface and chapter 1 of the book which follows. Preface. This book is the second part and follow-up to How to Create a Glitch in the Matrix, the complete series based upon the podcast monologues available wherever you get your podcasts. The material in this book will review much of the content revealed in How to Create a Glitch in the Matrix, monologues in a more structured and orderly fashion. The purpose of this text is to demonstrate the introductory thesis outlined in The Tree of Life, appended as the first book of Exegesis of Synthesis. It must be said that to truly understand the content of this book will require the reader review the complete series prior. As much of this text builds upon the content of that book. Nevertheless, this book is intended to be a wider application of the principles outlined in the earlier complete series, and will draw upon the methodology established in that book. I write this book with the conceit that it will please those who have read the earlier volumes. I write this book with the hope, ultimately, that someone out there will recreate what I have seen in their own lives. I write with the hope that this book will shed light on the nature of society, the system and themselves. Further to that aim, I will start with the basic methodology I developed in the Tree of Life, which is of course not meant to be observed through didactic formalism, but rather the spirit of a new form of human endeavor, a reopening of our capacity for creativity in the face of the ash heap of history. I write this book in full knowledge that its secrets will be pilfered and duplicated, as it dissolves into the consciousness of society. But that is not painful to me, as it is only a natural part of the process of development. I am keenly mindful that much of what I write about may sound like what someone has written before. I am keenly mindful that it may seem like I have pilfered, when I assure you, I have not. But where necessary, I am always pleased to hear from my readers about their insights into my work. But I digress, and I do not want to stray far from the point. This book is ultimately about the process, not the result. Even if this book had been written a thousand times before, it is not the substance of it which I seek to promulgate, rather it is the method of its exegesis and synthesis. To that end, I will explain the methodology I employed to craft its narrative in the first chapter after the Tree of Life. The following chapters will reveal the many twisting strands of ideas which build upon each other towards some final end of development. Such is the process of exegesis. As always I hope the reader enjoys it, and finds some solace in the certainty that others out there have experienced what you have, in this strange and wondrous reality. Exegesis of Synthesis Chapter 1 Madness and Method Lurking in the shadows of each moment, there is a space. It is a strange space, rather like the ring of light around a solar eclipse, wherein our thoughts extend and transmit, both seemingly coming and going. There are thoughts, and yet, also not. They reveal the secrets of the shadows, hidden in plain sight, behind the curvature of the moon's many faces. It is difficult to begin my story without at least making mention of this strange phenomenon which is exegesis. Of course, I am getting ahead of myself. For the story does not begin with exegesis, no, it begins with the experience. What experience, you might ask? 
the occurrence of the strange, seemingly impossible, that which tests the limits of our credulity, our compass of what is possible. The event, the glitch. It begins with the glitch. Now, I could tell you my story, though in part, it is already on my podcast to some degree. But that is besides the point, after all. For telling you about my glitches, there's little to give them substance in your life. No, the complete series was devoted to the ways in which you might animate your experiences with the supernatural, the odd, the odious and the truly uncanny. This book is something else entirely, though, of course, it will go deeper into those methods, employed in the complete series in some detail. No, the purpose of this book, is to explore what comes after the glitch. From the beginning created by the uncanny, the truly strange and unnatural, there is a consequence, an effect, a follow-through. So, and I ask you the reader to assist me here, for I am at a loss in how to explain this strange ether which surrounds us, and which our minds penetrate in moments of the truly unusual. Let me explain, it is almost like dissociation, as if you are stepping out of the role created by your upbringing and heredity, training and experience, as if you are casting aside the infirmity of it all. It is rather like the man who steps out of his skin to take a stroll in the rain. Such is the experience which animates the ether-like simultaneity of the abyss. I challenge you, if you truly wish to test the limits of your reality, if you truly wish to see beyond the ordinary, to find this place. It is a place where thoughts extend like strings into the rafters. Where words and forms pass into your consciousness like so many needles into a hay bale. It is place where your mind is on the verge of unconsciousness, your psyche stretched to the outermost point of limitation. It is the beginning and the end of the glitch. Here is what I propose you do. If indeed, something strange strikes you about an experience, something unnatural, if something has happened to you in the past which undermined your sense of order, or your complacency in common sense, then I beseech you to search those memories, like a battlecruiser searching for a submersible. Travel to the depths of your unconscious memories in search of the truth that can be found in the ash heap of history. For of course, that is truly what we are talking about here. Just as in The Langoliers by Stephen King, the past is our enemy here. It searches through our memories and overturns our recollections. It burns with the fire of a true iconoclast, every idea or conjecture which doesn't fit our conception of rationality. It challenges us, over and over again, with our own internal ash heap of history. That ash heap is our enemy. It is the enemy in our pursuit of the truly original experience. The truly authentic subjectivity that belies the unseemly belly of this reality. So again, search your memories, find those memories which you struggle to reconcile with common sense, context and uniformity. Find coincidences, synchronicities, doubles and déjà vu. Find all these things and then when you have collected them, examine them as would an etymologist studying an insect. Put them under the microscope of your recollection. Find patterns between them, and synthesize those patterns into something which is truly hidden. You may find that words seem insufficient to the task of their explication. You may find them resistant to your entreaties. You may find yourself lost in the moment, reaching the edge of an epiphany, before the moment fades away. But remember, they seek you out, the truths of that ring of light. They wait, just at the edge of your perception, 
always waiting to be observed and collated. Once you have put pen to paper, or key to keyboard, so to speak. Once you have found some principle which explains some rudimentary aspect of the experience, then you have begun the process of planting your own tree of life. For the ultimate goal of this process is the diversification of experience. The growth of new ideas, cultures, languages and traditions. The beginning of something anew, just as the phoenix arises from the ash of history. That's the end of the podcast for today. If you enjoyed it, please like, comment and subscribe.